Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Friday Night Smackdown and AEW Rampage post-show for June 24th, 2022. I'm your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday evenings, wherever you may be. I have a uh, public service announcement, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, I'm sure you guys, I'm sure you guys know about SmackDown 
and, and what we usually say on the show, SmackDown sucks. SmackDown is fucking terrible, man. SmackDown, none of it made sense to me tonight. None of it made sense tonight. We got the Usos in the main event. No Roman Reigns per usual. He makes his one fucking appearance all month. No Roman Reigns, and the Usos are in the main event. And if you've been watching the show, you know that with Roman Reigns there, the Usos are untouchable. The Usos look like main event guys. When Roman Reigns is not there, the Usos look like a bunch of losers. And that's exactly what happened tonight. Drew McIntyre and Sheamus got pulled out of the Money in the Bank ladder match. Why? I don't know. Management didn't want them in the match. So what do you think WWE does? They make one dumb, stupid fucking decision and put them back in the match anyway at the cost of losing, at the cost of the Usos losing their match tonight clean against Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. I don't get it. I don't really understand why, why they had to go about doing that tonight. We got Ricochet. Ricochet and Walter. Gunther. Another rematch for the Intercontinental Championship. Why? I don't know. I don't know. This one was absolutely, absolutely 100% a burial. There's no doubt about it. This was one of the worst squashes I've seen anybody take in many, 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 many months. And I have another public service announcement for you guys, courtesy of my new mix board. Ricochet! Ricochet! Please! Please! You're a loser. Ricochet is a loser. That's pretty much what I have to say about Ricochet. Holy shit, man. What a fucking loser. My goodness. Absolutely terrible. I'm waiting for this guy to get his pink slip any week now. Because that's exactly what they did to him and how they treated him tonight. We got another Money in the Bank lazy qualifying match for the women. And we'll go over exactly why it sucks. We have Sheamus, oh, not Sheamus, Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura in yet another rematch. And then finally SmackDown was over. Finally SmackDown was over. Then we got Rampage. Then we got Rampage. Rampage was actually very good tonight, man. A lot of fresh faces on Rampage. A lot of great wrestling on Rampage. We got Jeff Cobb and Cash Wheeler in the main event. We got Andrade and Ray Phoenix in the opening match. Excellent stuff. Tony Khan said today on the media call for Forbidden Door that I was very happy to be a part of. So thank you to Tony Khan and thank you to AEW. He did mention a couple of times that Andrade and Ray Phoenix, they had a banger of a match, and uh, it was everything that he said it was going to be. It was fucking awesome, and it almost took nearly 20 minutes. 20 minutes of the one hour that is Rampage. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. And we'll go over how I'm feeling about Andrade now, man. This is the best I've been feeling about Andrade in many, many, many months on AEW television. And this is something that finally, in my opinion, may be the thing that gets him over the hump. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Forbidden Door. We'll talk about Chicago. It should be a great show tonight, man. And I thank you guys very, very much for joining me right here on Off the Script, man. We got a lot to get into. Chicago, man, I'll be there. 
I'll be there. I'll be in you, Chicago, on Sunday morning. We're going to do a big. I'm going to Forbidden Door. Uh, I will be a part of the post-show media scrum. It will be live streamed on my channel. You guys don't need to go anywhere else. I got you covered, man. I'm all set to go. I'm all set to go. But before that, we'll be at the Ogden. We'll be at the Ogden. We'll be drinking some whiskey. We'll be having some good food. And we'll be prepping for the Forbidden Door pay-per-view, man. So if you guys want to have a chance to hang out with me, be a part of the OTS VIP Chicago meetup this weekend for Forbidden Door, you guys need to show up at 3.30 Central Time. The Ogden, a few blocks away from the United Center. Get yourself an Uber. Get over there. Have a couple of shots of whiskey with me. A couple of old fashions, maybe. And then get in an Uber and go to the United Center, man. It's going to be a great weekend. So come on out. 3.30 Chicago time. The Ogden. Jesse and I will be there. And Jesse will be drinking a couple of, uh, well, not too many because he's got to drive home. Maybe he's going to the show. I don't know what he's doing yet. But Jesse will have an old-fashioned one. Jesse will have an old-fashioned one. So make sure you guys come on out. I'd love to hang out with you guys. This should be a great weekend. It's going to be a great weekend. The review of Forbidden Door. I don't know if Jesse's going to be a part of it or not, but I will be going live on Monday afternoon. I'll let you guys know what time. I'll have a better time of what I'm doing when I'm there. But the review will be Monday, not Sunday, because like I said, I will be at the post-show scrum, and I will be live-streaming the scrum for you guys with all the nice new information coming out of the scrum and all those juicy details and Tony Khan appearance which has become a thing now for the post-show scrum show. It should be interesting. Follow me on social media. Not JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram now on TikTok as well. Been posting clips on TikTok. Go check that out. Link is in the description. We are now a partner with Cameo. My Cameo link is in the description as well. If you guys need birthday wishes, birthday shout-outs, you need me to roast somebody, you want me to tell your best friend to fuck off and go uh, go watch the E, you fucking geek, whatever the fuck you want me to tell you, man. Cameo is the place. So join me on Cameo. You guys can follow me. Everything you need is on the profile there. Happy to be part of the Cameo family, man. Should be awesome. Hit that subscribe button down below. We're 29 away from 134,000 subscribers. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed. We uploaded an extra today that apparently nobody was interested in because it's had to do with John Laurinaitis and Bruce Pritchard. So go check that out also in that Io Shirai update when she's coming back to television. I got news on Stephen McMahon holding a major talent meeting. Triple H, what type of power does he have? All that updated in today's extra go and check that out hit that thumbs up i see 1500 in the venue right now man we need a thousand minimum no doubt about it a thousand minimum tonight on the live stream super chats are open you get them on in we'll hang out with our cold beverages as always hit that join button become a vip right here on ots and tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at magic spoon MagicSpoon.com. You guys are going to use that code SCRIPTS at checkout to save yourself $5 off your first purchase, man. So I want to thank Magic Spoon for providing me with a very healthy and nutritious breakfast. It's MagicSpoon.com. 
Code SCRIPT at checkout for that $5 off. And I want to thank them for, once again, being a great friend and a sponsor right here on the podcast on Off the Scripts. Let's get into the SmackDown portion of the review, guys. Not really a good show at all. When is SmackDown ever a good show, to be quite honest with you? SmackDown opened up with Drew McIntyre. We all know Drew McIntyre is challenging Roman Reigns at the Clash of the Castle pay-per-view in September for the Universal Championship, WWE Championship, the Undisputed Championship. If it will be two championships, that remains to be seen. Will it be one championship? Will Seth Rollins have the other championship and cash in money in the bank? That's my prediction. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. So Drew McIntyre's out there. He said he wanted to address Brock Lesnar coming back and Roman Reigns being the champion and him challenging and laying down the challenge at Clash at the Castle. He said Lesnar showed up and he gets a title shot automatically. He said, that's fine. That's Brock's way. But he has his own way. He said he'll be watching closely. And when they are done with the last man standing match at Summer Scam, the winner better be ready to have their ass claymored. Sheamus then walks down the aisle with Butch and Ridge Holland. And he comes out and he dresses Drew McIntyre. They're both in the Money in the Bank ladder match as of right now. So he walked out and told McIntyre the winner of the Money in the Bank ladder match will be cashing in against Reigns and Lesnar, the winner of that match. But it won't be Drew. Sheamus said Drew's only experience with Money in the Bank is being cashed in on. He said he was a previous winner, and he cashed in on Reigns. Paul Heyman then came out and interrupted both Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. He came out not alone. He wasn't with Roman. He wasn't with the Usos. He was with Adam Pearce. He introduced himself. Butch was acting like fucking Scrappy-Doo out there. Let me at him! Let me at him, Scoob! You know, he was just fucking acting like a wild animal out there. He wanted to get at Drew McIntyre and Sheamus and Rich Holland kept holding him back. So he's out there with Adam Pierce is Paul Heyman. Heyman said Reigns will be the victor against Brock Lesnar, but he'll be vulnerable to the money in the bank cash-in. He said it has happened before and he is there to make sure it won't happen again. Drew asked him to get to the points. Please, why are you out here? Let me know why you're out here. I don't want to see you. Heyman said Pierce is a great man and a top executive and a man whose rep- rep- reputation is beyond reproach, he says. And Adam Pierce is out here with me because he has a very special announcement to make. Pierce says he was hasty in putting them in both or putting both of them in the Money in the Bank ladder match. And since neither of them lost against each other, neither of them also won. So he said, after some influence by Mr. Heyman and WWE management, after speaking to them, WWE management has now decided to overrule Adam Pearce and remove both of them from the Money in the Bank ladder match. Neither Sheamus or Drew McIntyre will be a part of the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Sheamus yelled that Adam Pearce is spineless. Pearce said, there is a path. Hold on, hold on. There is a path to qualify. He said, if they can team together tonight, can they coexist? Another one of these fucking storylines. If they can team together tonight 
And if they can beat the Usos, that is their way into money in the bank. So the Usos come out, and we have this main event match booked for tonight's SmackDown. It's Drew McIntyre and Sheamus versus the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions in the Usos. So this is Bruce Prichard and Vince McMahon's great idea. I said it on Monday, man. I feel like with Vince now focusing on creative only, realistically, it should be better. If he has stepped back as CEO of WWE and only has the creative aspect of the company to focus his attention on, then things should be a little bit better. He doesn't have all these things on his plate. But WWE tonight, they opted to go absolutely ass backwards in every aspect as it pertains to this opening segment. So instead of keeping them in the Money in the Bank ladder match, because they were going to be there anyway, WWE has opted to pull them, put them in the main event, and then challenge two guys in the Usos who have absolutely nothing to do with Drew McIntyre and nothing to do with Sheamus and nothing to do with Money in the Bank. They got their own fucking problems at Money in the Bank. Why do they and the fans out there and the check marks out there, nobody complained about this. I didn't see one fucking person complain about, oh, it should be a great match, though. I don't give a fuck if it's a great match or not. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. You put them in a main event match to beat the tag team champions clean tonight because that's exactly what happened. McIntyre and Sheamus beat the Usos in the main event to get back into a match that they were already a part of. I don't understand the neglect of the tag team division. I don't understand the neglect of the Usos. I don't understand the neglect of the fucking tag team championships. The division and the titles have gotten worse after they unified them. I don't get it. You took two guys out of a match that were already in the match, took them out to have them beat the tag team champions only to put them back in and they have nothing to do with either Jimmy or Jay Uso. It is beyond fucking lazy. Creative like this is inexcusable. Inexcusable. It makes you and me and everybody watching, half of the fucking brain-dead idiots online don't realize what the fuck is going on. I'm here to tell you, everybody in WWE made you and me and everybody else look like a fucking idiot. I don't understand why it was so difficult to just put Drew McIntyre and Sheamus in another fucking match and have them go to a draw again and have it one have it be one hell of a main event only for it to be a draw. And, and Adam Pearce says, you know what? I should have just left you guys in. Holy shit. You both want it so bad. I'm going to give you guys both a W and put you back in the fucking match. Why did you need to compromise the tag team champions by having them go into a match that did not even concern them with two guys that did not concern them as champions to lose? Yet I'm the one that fucking complains. Meanwhile... WWE is showing you how fucking garbage their creative team really is. And nobody utters a fucking peep. Nobody says a fucking word. You don't want me to say anything about how fucking lazy this was? You'd rather just me brush it away and sweep it under the rug and not mention it? It's not what I do here, bro. Go watch somebody else. Go watch the UK geeks who don't complain about jack shit. 
This shit sucks. Fucking trash. Absolutely nonsensical. Open to the show. Nakamura. Rematch. That's all SmackDown is. Rematch. Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn. Kayla Braxton interviewed Sami Zayn before this match. Introducing him as an honorary oose. He's an honorary member of the bloodline. He said, we always do the right thing by Roman Reigns. He said he is dedicating his match to the tribal chief, and then he's going to win money in the bank. Kayla asked if he would cash in against Lesnar or Reigns. Sammy told Kayla he wouldn't cash in against Reigns. He would win the money in the bank to protect Reigns. That's his logic for wanting to win the money in the bank and win the briefcase. If it comes down to it, he's not going to cash in on Roman. He's going to protect Roman. So he's going to win it and hold it hostage. So Roman has no worry about cashing in or getting cashed in on by anybody. Fine. I think that fits Sami Zayn's character very well. And I think it's a nice little aspect to the Usos and the bloodline at the end of all this, disrespecting Sami Zayn and taking him for granted and taking his loyalty here and kind of throwing it away and not really caring about it to the point where he enlists Kevin Owens. So Kevin Owens would come over from Monday Night Raw and team with Sami Zayn. And that's what I'm looking at as far as the tag team title match is concerned going into SummerSlam. I'm looking at Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the Usos for the tag team championships at SummerSlam. I think that makes sense. Sami Zayn gets disrespected by the bloodline. Kevin Owens, you know, he's had an issue with Roman Reigns for a while. You can do an homage or a throwback to their feud that happened last year. I think it's great. And I think that would probably be one of the matches I am highly looking forward to at SummerSlam on a card right now that is painfully mid. SummerSlam is not looking good at all. And honestly, WWE is booking SummerSlam like WrestleMania with really nothing at all as far as thought. And they're looking to throw anything at the wall because they have a bunch of tickets to sell that they right now are sitting on. That's all that is. So we got Shinsuke Nakamura versus Sami Zayn. This was actually very good for a TV match. I've seen better by these two. Again, I always think back to their NXT TakeOver Dallas match with Nakamura making his WWE debut. One of the best WWE matches that I've ever seen. I watched that match back about fucking 12 or 13 times. That match was great. Unbelievable match between Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura at TakeOver Dallas. If you guys have not watched it, go and find it. It's on YouTube. It's on WWE's YouTube channel for free. Go and watch it. Unbelievable. So... We got this match. Zayn and Nakamura, very good always. Nakamura caught Zayn with an armbar at the bell. He followed up with a sliding German suplex in the ropes like that he usually does. Zayn kind of lured Nakamura over, and he lured him over to the floor outside, took over the match out there by beating him up for a little bit. He gave Nakamura an exploded suplex against the barricade. Zayn tried to win by countout. That's been his go-to move, win by countout. But Nakamura got back in the ring at a nine count. Zayn yelled at the referee and felt he should have won. Nakamura took advantage and caught Zayn with a small package for a near fall. Zayn quickly recovered and dumped Nakamura out of the ring. Zayn was in control. He jumped off the middle turnbuckle, but Nakamura countered with a kick to the face. Zayn started to fight back. He hit a beautiful, and I mean beautiful, 
It looked downright scary because he dropped Nakamura on his head. Hit a beautiful Michinoku driver for a close two count. Zayn tried to win by getting a leverage pin. He had his feet on the ropes. Referee caught him. Zayn was yelling at the referee. Obviously, he got caught. Nakamura rocked Zayn with a knee right in the middle of the face. And he went for a cover, got a, a two count. Zayn rolled out of the ring. Nakamura rolled out after him. And he hit the Kinshasa on the floor. He rolled Zayn back in the ring because he didn't want to win by countout, which makes Nakamura look like a dumb baby face. He should have absolutely taken the countout, seeing what was on the line here by qualifying for money in the bank. Zayn took advantage, hit the Haluva kick when they got back in the ring, and that was pretty much it. One, two, three, and Sami Zayn wins with the Haluva kick, qualifies for the money in the bank ladder match. Very good match. In all honesty, I would much rather have Zayn in that match than Nakamura. I think Zayn fits that match better. Nakamura seems to be on the outs. There's really nothing for him. It feels like WWE is waiting for Rick Boogs to get back because they have no other fucking creative plan for Nakamura. And as soon as Boogs gets back, they're going to immediately pair them back together. That's what I see happening. That's what they're waiting for for Nakamura. He's in this, this lull until Rick Boogs gets back. Sami Zayn fits the ladder match better. And Sami Zayn, in all honesty, he's got the storyline right now with the Usos and the bloodline. And it's going to go south. And then Kevin Owens, I do believe, will get involved and start backing Sami Zayn because they're real-life best friends, and they will go up against the Usos, which I hope is the case, like I said, going into SummerSlam. So we'll see what happens with that. But the right winner, the right guy won here. Sami Zayn was the right winner. Very good TV match, even though we've seen it a bunch of times. But Sami Zayn is the right winner, and he qualifies for Money in the Bank. Jinder Mahal. This Jinder Mahal and Shanky shit is fucking garbage. I don't know how anybody has their right mind to put this on the fucking line sheet. The final script of the show, we got Shanky dancing. I don't know what the fuck he's doing out there. Holy shit. This shit is garbage. Obviously, obviously written by a three-year-old or an old man with a fucking three-year-old mentality. New Day is out there. And they're in the ring cutting a promo. And this was Comedy Hour by Xavier Woods. So New Day is in the ring. And they realize that they're wrestling Shanky and Jinder Mahal again for a second week in a row. Because everybody was so fucking excited about the last week that they fought. Right? That they wrestled. They wanted to see it again. Said nobody ever. The New Day's out there cutting a promo about this rematch. And Xavier Woods... Xavier Woods says the New Day does not do rematch after rematch after rematch after rematch. Nobody wants to see this rematch. Now, I don't know if you guys have been watching SmackDown or not. I mean, why would you? The show sucks. But I, unfortunately, for work, have to watch SmackDown. I don't know how, how this line made it into a New Day promo. Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston have wrestled Sheamus, Butch, and Rich Holland at least, at least every week in some way, shape, or form since fucking WrestleMania. Probably well before that. I may, I may be wrong on that. It may be, it may be since January. And they have the balls to have Xavier Woods go out there 
and state that the New Day doesn't meddle in rematch after rematch after rematch after rematch, then what did I fucking watch for the last 36 fucking weeks, Mr. Woods? I watch rematch after rematch after rematch after rematch. Maybe, maybe he's living in an alternate universe and who we saw on TV tonight is Xavier Woods' alter fucking ego. I don't know. What, what, is, what is this stupidity? Absolutely fucking ridiculous that that line even made it into the fucking script. Goes to show you how WWE treats everybody like a blithering fool. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So Xavier Woods played the trombone. Shanky began dancing because he likes to dance. Jinder got upset. He started shoving Shanky. Shanky shoved him back. Jinder left the ring. Goodbye. Shanky then turned to the New Day and started dancing. So we got these three guys dancing in the ring as if it's fucking uh, 1980s night at fucking Tropicana. All of a sudden, we hear the Viking Raiders horn. Once, sound on the PA system. And then again, for a second time, on the PA system. The New Day looking at the aisleway. And the Viking Raiders don't show up. They do show up, but behind the New Day, and they brutalize and attack the New Day here during this segment. The Viking Raiders have returned from wherever the fuck they were, and now they are back on SmackDown. And they got a new look. Viking Raiders got a new look. They went darker. They are now heel. They got eye face paint. They got war paint all over them. They're dressing in fucking fur. They ramped up their their wardrobe. They are now a heel tag team. I can't say that I hate it, but I don't see how anybody is going to fucking care about the Viking Raiders knowing that WWE themselves doesn't give a shit about the Viking Raiders. They don't give a shit about tag team wrestling. Now, I'm intrigued at their new look. I honestly feel that they weren't going anywhere as a babyface team. A heel turn for them may be the right thing. And I hope that WWE does something with the tag team division. Probably not, but one could fucking hope. Viking Raiders being heel, you got the New Day, You got to get Los Lotharios there and a little bit more serious. Fuck this kiss cam shit. Get them out there. They're a quality tag team. It's a fucking crime that Angel Garza is not on television. He's way too good to be sitting in the fucking back kissing random women in backstage segments with nothing else to do. Humberto, we may joke on him. 
but he's a damn good fucking pro wrestler. They're a damn good tag team. Get them in there. Get them in there. You got the Viking Raiders. You got Los Lotharios. You got the New Day. You got the Usos. You got the Street Profits. You got Alpha Academy, right? That's a solid fucking six-team division. Merge the divisions. Get those teams on. The Usos are on SmackDown. Why aren't we seeing a Monday Night Raw team come on over to SmackDown? We got the, 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 the Street Profits doing that right now. But WWE, you know, they don't even do that with Roman Reigns. But we don't really see competitive tag team matches with the division. I want to see tag teams wrestling other tag teams, and I want to see tag teams getting wins and then qualifying to challenge the Usos for the tag team championships. I don't want to see one team chosen out of a fucking hat, and then we see singles matches week after week after week after week with those two teams, and then we get the pay-per-view tag team match for the titles. That's WWE's MO. That's a solid six-team division right there, if they actually give a shit. Then you got Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, who could be another tag team. You got these factions thrown about all over the show, right? We got Finn Balor and Damian Priest. We got we got Sheamus and Butch. We got Rich Holland and Sheamus. We got Rich Holland and Butch. We got a mixture of tag teams. You cannot fucking tell me that WWE doesn't have a tag team division. They do. It's there. I just told you. So why are we getting lazy booking in the tag team division? And why are we getting all this other bullshit on television when WWE is sitting on potentially a fucking damn good division, a competitive division. Sucks. If they put just a little thought process into it, WWE could drastically change something that is a dead fucking concept on their show to being something that is one of the best things about their weekly television. So the Viking Raiders are heel. I doubt it goes anywhere. Are they going to be put over? Are the New Day going to put them over? I don't know. I don't know. That remains to be seen. But at least they're doing something with them. If WWE wanted to get rid of them, they would have been gone already. And if WWE wanted to banish them, they would have stayed in NXT. Clearly, they need tag teams. And they opted to pick the Viking Raiders for this role and kind of alter their gimmick a little bit. And still, I think back to the War Raiders on NXT Black and Gold and what Triple H did to them. They don't even look the part anymore, man. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean... I like both guys. I love Hanson and Rowe. I really do. Or Eric and Ivar. God, man. Does Eric look out of shape, man? You know, I'm not, I'm not some fucking uh, GQ model myself, but... I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, man. It almost looked like... It almost looked like he doesn't even give a shit. His body is just not what it used to be. Really. They, they operate as if they don't give a shit. They're just going through the motions. And they look a lot worse than they did. And I don't want them to look a lot worse because they're a solid fucking tag team. But we'll see what happens, man. They got eye paint and face paint and they went a little darker. I think they even gave them new theme music, if I'm not mistaken. I may have heard something else. I'm not sure. But we'll see what happens with the Viking Raiders. I don't know what WWE is going to do. Don't count on them getting any sort of push. If it happens, I'd be shocked. Adam Pierce, he was backstage with Sony Deville. Sony Deville is no longer an executive backstage on TV in WWE. She said she watched Pierce ta- take Sheamus and Drew out of Money in the Bank earlier, and she said it kind of gave me like secondhand embarrassment. She says Pierce said she knows those decisions come from above his head. She said he's always got excuses though. She asked what excuse he has for now. And how he's booking the women's division. 
She said, people are talking. She said, she has been back wrestling for a little bit, yet Lacey Evans and Raquel Rodriguez, (laughs) Smiley Raquel, you know, Smiley Raquel, Gonzalez, Rodriguez, both suddenly show up and get money in the bank qualifying matches. She demanded some respect. She told Adam Pearce not to take it out on her that he's bitter, that his in-ring career is over and was a failure. He said she's got a match. You got a handicap match tonight. You want to make fun of Raquel and Lacey. You got a match tonight, and it's a handicap match with both of those women. Sony Deville is only on TV and not in Money in the Bank, but only on TV because it's Pride Month, and that's the only reason why she's on TV. WWE has nothing to do for Sony Deville, and I find that to be fucking criminal as well. I think Sony Deville's a great character. I really do. I think Sony Deville should be a monster heel on the women's division, and WWE hasn't done jack shit with her. It's sad. It's sad. And she's somebody that has kind of developed into her own character. She's got what she's got. She's good at it. And WWE isn't doing anything with that. It's ridiculous. So we got Sony Deville. She came out with Shayna Baszler and Zia Lee. Why, I don't know. I guess Lacey Evans and Raquel Gonzalez beat Shayna Baszler and Zia Lee to qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match. So these two women are joining Sony Deville to maybe get revenge on Raquel. <laughs> Gonzalez, Rodriguez, and Lacey Evans, cringe. So Lacey and Raquel win in three minutes. Pull out the stopwatch, folks. If it's three minutes, that's it. That's all the women. That's all the women are getting. As soon as the stopwatch hits three, ah, that's it. Can't go over a second more for the women. So Lacey and Raquel win. Baszler distracted Raquel, giving Sonia an opening here. Raquel tagged in Lacey, and then Raquel whipped Sonia into Lacey's finisher. The woman's right, awful. Raquel and Lacey fended off Sonia and Zaya Lee afterwards, and Lacey and Raquel win. So, I don't know where any of this is going. I don't really care where any of it's going. It's lazy. The WWE has lost all of its focus on the women's division. And if you're not named Ronda Rousey, if you're not Charlotte Flair, if you're not, uh, I know I got a fucking, uh, if you're not Charlotte Flair, reboot, reboot. You ain't going anywhere. You ain't going anywhere. Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, right? Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch, the money hobbitses. <laughs> My precious. You fucking kidding me? That's all they do. That's all they cater to. Bianca Belair as well. Nobody, nobody grows in this division. Nobody grows in this division. It's all the same shit. A myriad of the same shit, you know? So... Raquel Rodriguez and Lacey Evans are in the Money in the Bank. The women's division gets three-minute matches, and we'll talk about it. I want you guys to keep that in mind, man. Three minutes. Three minutes. And you guys love the Becky Lynch, right? You guys love the Becky Lynch. <laughs> I'm going to get my precious back. The Three minutes, man. Three minutes. Okay, keep that in mind. 
keep that in mind while you're laughing at my fucking stupidity here, man. Okay? Um, the Street Profits. The Street Profits. We get the Street Profits backstage. Angelo Dawkins made uh, some weird fucking noise backstage. He's walking around with Angelo Dawkins. Or uh, Montez Ford, rather. They see Angel and Humberto Correa backstage. They're kissing this random woman. They're, they're, they're kissing this random woman. And then they see Drew Gulak. He's doing, uh, he's doing like some arm push-ups or something backstage. And then they, they see Madcap Moss doing stretches with a stretch band. Right, All the losers backstage, right? So Angelo Dawkins says, what he did to Happy Corbin last week was off the chains, he says. Dawkins asked if he could tell a joke. Why did the coach go to the bank? Why did the coach go to the bank to get his quarterback? That was his joke. That was his joke. Lame, lame, lame. Ridiculous. So Moss wasn't impressed by this. Dawkins left at his own joke. Ford didn't react at all. And that was pretty much it. The Profits are there from Monday Night Raw, and that's it. They're there to sell their match with the Usos at Money in the Bank that they will not win at the pay-per-view in Las Vegas. Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey's music played. Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey. Oh, on the drowsy man! Oh my! Every time I mention her name, man. Every time I mention her name, man, my eye starts twitching. I I I go into a fucking coma. Yeah, Ronda Rousey. So Ronda's music hits, and out comes Natalia. Natalia is dressed like Ronda Rousey, and I was quite surprised, man. I was cry. I was quite surprised. Ronda Rousey is sleep-inducing television, but Natalia coming out dressed as Ronda, Natalia looked better than, than Ronda dressed as Ronda. It's, it's incredible. Natalia played a better Ronda than Ronda plays Ronda. It's unbelievable. So she comes out there, she's dressed as Ronda, she's in a kilt, she's got the jacket, she's got the fucking braid, she's got the, uh, the eye, the eye uh, paint on and the makeup that she does, right? Looked exactly like Ronda Rousey. So, she's rolling this, this baby carriage. And after today, I, I'm not sure if that was uh, the, the right visual for, uh, for Natalia. But uh, here we are. And she's rolling this stroller out there. And she gets into the ring. And she says, I'm probably the saddest woman on the planet. I'm the saddest man on the planet. Every Friday night at 8 p.m. on Fox. SmackDown sucks. So, I'm probably the saddest woman on the planet. She asked if, or uh, she asked if that was Natalia. Natty, is that you? I almost didn't recognize. Ronda comes out, rather. Uh, Ronda walks out. The real Ronda Rousey walks out, unfortunately. And uh, she asked if that was Natalia. Natty, is that you? I almost didn't recognize you with your rack hanging out. So now we're making it public knowledge that Natalia has big breasts 
and that they're usually hanging out of her ring, uh, ring attire. You may like that type of thing. I don't know. Ronda Rousey apparently doesn't like Natalia's rack hanging out of her ring attire. She said she won't pass up having kids to avoid... <laughs> I'm not going to pass up having kids to avoid um, uh, missing a day of uh, wrestling for 10 years. I- I'm also not going to um, mutilate my body chasing impossible industry body standards like you. Then she goes on and says that I'm not going to bend over and hand over my title because you think you've earned it. Ronda Rousey then mocks Natalia for being a heart and part of the heart family. Ronda says she's worked hard and she's earned it. She also said, and this was this was absolutely fucking hilarious, man. This was fucking hilarious. Ronda Rousey says, and I quote, <coughs> Natalia, you're lacking in natural talent and charisma. Despite your unrivaled pedigree and work ethic, the closest you'll ever get to being a main eventer in WWE is dressing up like me. Ronda Rousey legitimately said, that Natalia is lacking in talent and charisma. These were words that Ronda Rousey said on SmackDown tonight. Ronda Rousey is the last person that should be talking about charisma and fucking natural talent. Are you fucking serious? Ronda Rousey is a charisma vacuum, yet she's here giving tips on Natalia and telling Natalia that Natalia's not charismatic and has no charisma. Are you fucking serious? I never heard something so stupid in my entire life. Oh, yes, I did. We heard Xavier Woods talk about the New Day doesn't meddle in rematch after rematch after rematch after rematch after rematch after rematch after rematch. Are you fucking serious? Then she says, nice jacket. She tried to rip it off Natalia. Natalia threw the baby carriage at Rousey. They shoved each other, and Natalia bailed out of the ring. Now, I will say, outside, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to be positive. This promo by Ronda, the words, the words were right. Everything except the charisma, okay? Everything about mentioning fucking lack of charisma coming from Ronda Rousey, yeah, that's a real fucking winner right there. The words in this promo, they were good. Ronda still can't deliver a promo, but the words in this promo, outside the lack of charisma line, it was actually very good. It was actually very good. So, I'm not excited about the match. I know you guys are not excited about this match. I mean, the fuck, who the fuck's going to be awake during this match, man? Jesus fucking Christ. I'd rather watch paint dry than fucking watch Natalya wrestle. Holy shit. But it will be happening at Money in the Bank. And Ronda is showing up for work where Roman Reigns is not. Cody Rhodes is not there, right? Brock Lesnar's not on the show. Ronda Rousey's showing up to work. It is, unfortunately, against Natalia, but nobody gives a shit. And the women's division on SmackDown is in fucking shambles. It is the drizzling shit. Megan Morant interviewed Drew McIntyre backstage. And Sheamus. Can't forget Sheamus. Holland, again, was holding Butch back. Butch was, let me at him! Let me at him, Scoob! 
Drew told Sheamus to take the night off so he can battle the Usos on his own. Sheamus says he can't get the job done on his own. I will be there. Gunther, the Intercontinental Champion. One-on-one with Ricochet for the Intercontinental title in a rematch. Gunther out there with Ludwig Kaiser. Don't know why we got this rematch. I don't. I don't. After the match, I even further put that that statement to good use. I don't know why we got this rematch at all if this was the outcome that we were going to get. I will say this. Gunther's presentation so far on SmackDown has probably been the best thing about SmackDown. And I will admit when I'm wrong, so far so good. They have to. They had to do it. Now, nobody can blame me for being very negative on WWE because they always let you down in every which way and they never do what they need to do and they never push the talent that we want or the talent that should be pushed. And I stated that Gunther probably would be buried and dead in two months because he's an NXT guy. He was a black and gold guy. He was a Triple H guy. I'm glad I'm wrong in this case. I'm glad I'm wrong. Gunther's presentation on, on Friday Night SmackDown has been tremendous. It has been great. Uh, nobody seems to give a shit about the name anymore, right? So the name sits with us now. It's it's part of the lingo, and nobody gives a shit about it. He's Gunther. He's going to get it over anyway. He is the Intercontinental Champion. I hope that they find competition for him to build prestige for that Intercontinental Championship. He looks fantastic. If you look at him when he first came into the WWE to what he looks like now, the, the body transformation is, is incredible for Gunther. I see a lot of people saying, oh, he looks a lot different, doesn't look good, he looks unhealthy, he looks like everybody else. Gunther is tremendous. Tremendous. This needed to be done. Somebody like that in your grasp on that roster is rare. And I'm glad that he's getting the opportunity to show what he could do. On the other hand, Ricochet is a complete fucking loser. Ricochet. Attention, Ricochet, you are a loser. Not because I want to see him as a loser. Not because I think he's a loser. I adore Ricochet. The company looks at him like a loser. Now, I don't know what this means. What we watched tonight, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing with Ricochet. It really felt like Ricochet was on his way out of WWE with this loss. This was a burial. A squash. I never... Never in my a thousand fucking dreams about Ricochet and what he could be capable of on WWE thought it would be this bad. And we are now at rock bottom with Ricochet. He's either getting fired, released, or he's going back to NXT and Triple H is going to be in charge on NXT and he's going to be brought back to NXT and Triple H is going to resuscitate this man's career. I hope that's the case. I hope that's the reason. It would give me a fucking... Reason to watch Tuesday night. If Triple H is in charge and then you got somebody like Ricochet down there full time. This was a squash. I haven't seen a squash like this in a very long time. Three minutes. Three minutes this match went and Gunther retained the Intercontinental Championship. Ricochet caught Gunther with a dropkick right at the start with the bell ringing. Gunther fought back with a big slam. He took it to Ricochet with a big knee to the face. Some overhand chops, a big knife edge chop, clubbing forearms. Ricochet tried to fight back. 
And he looked for a takedown on Gunther, but to no avail. Gunther blocked it, locked on a devastating half-Boston crab. He switched to the STF. Ricochet made it to the ropes to break the submission hold. Ricochet avoided Gunther and went for a springboard. Gunther caught him in midair and hit a German suplex. Ricochet is a magnificent seller, man. He sold everything, even did it last week. He sold everything beautifully for Gunther. Big German suplex. Ricochet landed on his feet. But Gunther took over with a clothesline. The finish came when Gunther hit a shotgun drop kick. Scary. Gunther is scary. How good he is. And then a powerbomb for the one, two, three, and that was it. This was a fucking burial by Gunther and WWE on Ricochet. I don't know. I, you know, I had people telling me, well, well they need to, uh, I have a sound effect for this one. Too. Well, they need to, uh, they, they need to make Gunther look good. They, they need to build him up. They need to make him look strong as the IC champion. No, that's not the reason. That's not the reason why. I didn't need to see this rematch to know how good Gunther is. I didn't need this rematch to see Gunther look stronger. The match last week was all that I needed to see. He beat he beat Ricochet single-handedly in fucking seven minutes. The fuck do I need a fucking rematch for with another three minutes? I don't get it. No, this was not a match made to make Gunther look strong. We already knew that. He won the title in easy fashion. You fucking geeks. This was a burial. My name is Denise Salcedo. I love this show. Oh, my God. I love it. Moving on. Wednesday nights are going to be fun, man. I can't wait to unleash this shit on Jesse. Kayla Braxton was backstage. She interviewed Paul Heyman about the Usos. Usos versus Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. She wondered if he was doing Brock Lesnar a favor. Sami Zayn interrupted and claimed Kayla Braxton was twisting her words around earlier. And Sami Zayn got himself into some trouble here, man. He did. He made himself look like a goon, but I think it was purposely done. So Heyman put his arm around Sammy and smiled. Sammy says he would never cash in on Roman, but I'd cash in on Brock. Sammy Zayn made a boo-boo. He implied that he's going to cash in on Brock, which means that Brock, in Sammy Zayn's eyes, is going to beat Roman Reigns, and that upset Paul Heyman. So Sammy Zayn removed him from the, or Sami Zayn removed himself from the promo as Paul Heyman was steaming mad at that point because he implied that Brock Lesnar was going to beat Roman Reigns at the Summer Scam. Tamina Snuka. Tamina Snuka. You guys want an Omos voice? I'll, I'll, I'll create something here, man. I'll come up with an Omos voice. I can't really do, uh, I can't really do Omos. Maybe I could, I don't know, man. I got, I got to tinker with it. I got, we got Marky D back, right? We got, uh, we got the geek over here. <laughs> you know, we, uh... We can't... We got to come up with something with Omos, man. I don't know. We got Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I got to come up with something good for Omos. <laughs> There's a gargoyle on here. I don't know. Anyway, I'm having fun with this thing, man. My roadcaster pro, too, man. I'm loving it, man. How do 
do I sound? Do I sound good? Do I sound? I think I sound great. Let me know. Anyway, Tamina. Speaking of not great, Tamina Snooker versus Shotzi Blackheart. Tamina, I don't know why she's here. One week, she's chasing the 24-7 title. And now she's competing for money in the bank. If you want to devalue the money in the bank ladder match, then put Tamina Snooker in this match. So let me get this straight. I thought this was Shotzi versus Aaliyah. I thought this was Shotzi versus Aaliyah. They said they, they said and they claimed that Aaliyah was hurt. Maybe we get Aaliyah next week qualifying for the Money in the Bank ladder match because they wanted Shotzi and Aaliyah in the Money in the Bank ladder match together. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but I thought we were uh, going to get Shotzi and Aaliyah in a match. So it really makes me wonder what's going on with Aaliyah there. But Tamina and Shotzi, remember the three minutes that I told you about earlier? This got less than three minutes. This went two minutes. Two minutes. So on a, I love how all the people out there, the geeks in the community, they, oh, whoa, whoa, AEW's women's division is a trash, man, right? I hear all the time, AEW's women's division is garbage, man. They, they don't know how to book it over there. Meanwhile, on Friday Night SmackDown, on a two-hour show, you got Tamina Snooker and Shotzi Blackheart going two minutes, and then you have... Lacey Evans with Raquel <laughs> Rodriguez Gonzalez going three minutes. Five minutes. The women got five minutes on a two-hour program. Now, I don't really understand why the Money in the Bank ladder match is being booked half ass. It's for a Raw or SmackDown Women's Championship match, right? It transcends careers. It makes careers, right? How am I supposed to take these matches as being important if we're getting two-minute qualifying matches for the Money in the Bank ladder match? I don't really understand it. Shotzi wins in two minutes with a DDT. That's all you need to know. DDT, that's it. The match was fucking sloppy. Tamina sucks. And Shotzi, I'm surprised she's even fucking here. I'm surprised she won this thing. Two minutes to qualify. How can anybody take this ladder match to be important if the people who qualified did so in 90 seconds? 90 seconds up and down the match card, man. 90 seconds here, two minutes there. You're lucky if you get one match that goes three fucking minutes. If they are so unimportant going into the match, why would anybody take the match to be important? I don't understand why you're wasting our fucking time. If you, at the end of the day, were going to book two-minute women's qualifying matches for the women's money in the bank, why didn't you just choose the fucking women that you wanted to be in the match? It would have saved everybody a bunch of fucking time. Really. It's ridiculous. Absolutely dreadful creative is WWE. Shotzi wins. She's not going to win money in the bank. Becky Lynch is going to win money in the bank. And that's it. Shotzi's going to win money in the bank. <laughs> yeah, you guys are some fucking comedians, man. Really? Moving on. Max Dupree. He's backstage. Are we going to see? Are we going to see? The maximum male models. No. No, we're not. They showed Max Dupree backstage talking to someone or uh, a couple of guys. McAfee was excited. I was like, hey, we go. Finally, we're going to see who the fuck is in this maximum male models, right? We see the ring. We see the spotlight in the ring. We're getting the drum roll. Everybody's excited about the maximum male models. And then all of a sudden, 
We see Max Dupree talking to Adam Pierce. Dupree told Pierce as a spotlight was in the ring awaiting the arrival of whoever the fuck this is. He's talking to Adam Pierce and said, again, you've prevented the debut of the Maximum Male Models, my clients. He says he's failed to provide the proper dressing room at the right temperature with beverages that they requested. He wanted the finest spring water, and he wanted a a locker room that was chilled to a temperature of 66.3 degrees, or whatever the fuck he said. Some really, really creepy shit, right? Something a fucking narcissist and a selfish bitch would request. It's like those fucking movie stars, man. Oh, I only want green M&Ms in the uh, in the locker room, and I want nothing more than the Red Jolly Ranches in my bowl, please. Like, who the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you, man? It's all sugar. You want green M&Ms, green M&Ms, brown M&Ms, fucking yellow M&Ms. They all taste the same. You fucking half-witted idiot. Never understood that, man. Never understood it. So, he said their models not monsters. You need to get this right. So Pierce says, next week, next week I'll get it right. Dupree said, next week, they are prepared to titillate the juices of their guilty pleasures. Let me tell you something, man. I, uh, I, am, I am doubting that WWE even has anybody for the maximum male models. I, I am seriously, seriously doubting. Now, I mentioned Cesaro, right? I mentioned Cesaro as a potential for this group. I mean, he fits it. They said that Max Dupree went overseas, and the reason why he wasn't on last week's show because he went overseas to go scouting for his client or clients. I said, maybe it's Cesaro. Maybe this is Cesaro's way of getting back into the company. I said, maybe Tyler Breeze. I said, maybe Tyler Breeze's gimmick would fit perfectly in the maximum male models. It's not Cesaro, as I think Cesaro's going to show up on Sunday at the Forbidden Door pay-per-view in his match against Zack Sabre Jr. It's not Tyler Breeze. I don't think Tyler Breeze is coming back at all. What I do think is that it's a couple of things. Number one, either WWE has nobody or whoever they have is going to be a complete fucking failure and a disappointment. I don't even think WWE has anybody for this group. I don't. I think all this waiting and being lazy about it and pushing it back and back and back, I don't think WWE has anybody at all. I'd be shocked if they do. Now, if it ends up being Mace and Mansoor, like was rumored before all of this even made it to TV, this is going to be one epic fucking disappointment. Who I think it is. Who I think it is. It's two guys. He mentioned his clients. Two guys. My maximum male models are here. But I can't debut them because I don't have what I need for them. Now, if you guys watch NXT, which I don't blame you if you don't, there is a tag team down there known as Pretty Deadly. I honestly think that WWE, and they lost the tag, they were the NXT tag team champions. They came over from NXT UK. I saw them on NXT. They were not very good at all. Nobody gave a shit about them. Their gimmick was rather cringe. They were the tag team champions. The Creed brothers won the tag team championships at the last In Your House show. Pretty deadly hasn't been on TV since. I honestly think that this, the maximum male models, is pretty deadly from NXT. I think NXT gave 
or they got called up, rather, from NXT, and now they're on SmackDown. And I do think that we're getting pretty, pretty deadly from NXT as the maximum male model. I mean, they fit it to the fucking T. Their gimmick fits perfectly with what Max Dupree is doing here with the maximum male models. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I'm losing interest in it. I want to see this really take off because I enjoy LA Knight. I I loved LA Knight. I thought he was great. I didn't like him coming in. I didn't think he really fit the NXT mold. He made me a believer. I think he's great. He's a great promo. Max Dupree's getting over. I want to see more of him. I think he's tremendous. I want this to succeed. But if WWE doesn't give him two guys or a group of guys that are going to really get over, I don't see it really going anywhere. And the more we wait and the more they push it back, I don't know if anybody's going to end up caring at the end of the day. Pat McAfee. He stood on the announce desk and he taunted Baron Corbin. Cut a promo on Baron Corbin. So he said if they were to get in the ring, him and Corbin, Corbin said last week he wished that McAfee was dead. If he gets in the ring with him, he's going to wish he was dead. He said that'll never happen because he loves every moment of his life. He said when he walked into the WWE Thunderdome for the first time, all I could say is, I feel alive. He then challenged Baron Corbin to a match at SummerSlam, and he vowed to kick his teeth down his throat. So McAfee and Corbin is being booked for SummerSlam, and WWE is legitimately booking this show exactly the way that they booked WrestleMania 38. Everything about it is going to be basically the fucking same. And that is pretty fucking disappointing. It shows WWE's lack of roster depth. It shows WWE's lack of creativity. And I'm not excited about this whatsoever. I remember being so excited about SummerSlam. I couldn't wait for SummerSlam. I love the music and the vibe of SummerSlam. I don't feel that way about this. I haven't felt this way about SummerSlam in in quite a long time. And WWE is taking everybody and their fan base for granted. And they are foolish to think that they are bigger than they are. And they're going into fucking Nissan Stadium. And they're trying to sell out 60, 70,000 people for SummerSlam. Listen, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. There are more people against Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar than are for it. And if you are for it, I don't know what to tell you, man. I, I don't want to see matches nine times, ten times between two guys. I'm going to give a fuck what happened during the Attitude Era. This is not the Attitude Era. This is not the Attitude Era. I don't give a fuck how many times people in the Attitude Era fought each other. Triple H and Mick Foley, Triple H and The Rock. I don't give a fuck. This is not the Attitude Era. The WWE roster back during the Attitude Era, they had five, six, seven top guys. WWE right now has none outside Roman Reigns. And the one guy that they got, Cody, is hurt. There's nobody else on this roster that is capable of being a full-time top guy. WWE had a handful of them back during the Attitude Era. One guy went down, two guys went down, they could rely on six or seven other fucking guys to fill in that spot. If Roman goes down, they got nobody. What happened with Cody? He went down. Then you got Randy going down. This forced WWE's hand in bringing back Brock Lesnar. It's a desperation move. Is it to sell out tickets for SummerSlam? Sure, that's what the fucking half-witted idiot's gonna think. But to sell out tickets for SummerSlam... It could have happened any which way. If you gave me compelling storylines for Roman versus AJ or Roman versus Bobby Lashley, or if you wanted to do a fatal four-way with Lesnar, Roman, Drew, and Bobby, makes sense. They all have bullshit with each other, right? 
Why? Why couldn't you do that? You want to sell out SummerSlam? Why do you got to go to Roman and Brock again in a last man standing match? Couldn't do a fatal four-way? Drew McIntyre, we got Bobby Lashley, we got Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. That would have sold out the fucking joint and it would have been something different. Instead of giving us the same fucking shit that we saw nine different times before it, the last time being at WrestleMania, which was probably one of the worst WrestleMania main event matches of all time. Awful. Absolutely awful. Main event. Sheamus and Drew McIntyre versus the Usos. Sheamus and McIntyre win in about 10 minutes. They advance to the Money in the Bank ladder match. I ranted about this in the beginning. I think it's fucking ridiculous how they took them out of the match only to make this match, have them beat the Usos, and then put them back in the match that they were originally in by beating the Usos. You didn't need to beat the Usos, the tag team champions, clean to get these guys in a Money in the Bank ladder match when they were already in there. Lazy. It's as if they don't give a shit. So we had the Street Profits on the outside. We had the Brawling Brutes on the outside. And McIntyre here, he got a hot tag. He ran wild. Sheamus was being beaten down by the Usos. He missed the tackle, went shoulder first into the ring post. The Usos caught McIntyre with some super kicks. Jimmy hit a splash for a near fall. Sheamus made the save and broke up the cover. McIntyre hit a neck breaker, set up for the Claymore kick. The Usos rolled out of the ring. McIntyre chased after them, but Jimmy hit a super kick. Butch and Holland ran back to the ring as they were sent to the back during the commercial break. Sami Zayn suddenly showed up at ringside. He tried to hit the Haluva kick on McIntyre to help the Usos out. Dawkins jumped in and took out Zayn with a big body tackle. The Usos and the Street Profits argued at ringside. McIntyre then hit, hit a huge dive over the top rope and took out everybody on the outside. Sheamus took it to Jay with a bro kick at ringside. McIntyre went for the Claymore, but Jimmy hit a super kick instead. McIntyre recovered and hit the Claymore kick for the win. McIntyre and Sheamus qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match by beating the unified or <laughs> the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions. Lame. The Usos are losers when they are by themselves, when Roman is not there, and when Roman is there, they look untouchable. But it is very comedic. It is laughable, downright laughable, that the WWE thinks the Usos are some unbeatable fucking team. Meanwhile, they lose more than they do win. I mean, we had one of the Usos on Monday Night Raw this past Monday lose to Angelo fucking Dawkins. You trot them out there against Sheamus and Drew McIntyre, two legit badass guys, thinking that they're the greatest fucking threat to humanity, and then they end up losing. This was ridiculous, pathetic, and the Usos look like losers. What a a disgrace for the tag team titles. Really, really shitty, shitty booking. Guys, we're going to get into, we're going to get into the AEW Rampage post-show in just a second, I want to check the chat here. Let's see what's going on, man. We got 2,000. 2,000 plus in the venue. Thank you guys very much for all your support. If you guys have not hit that thumbs up, man, have I entertained you enough to this point? If I did, please hit that thumbs up. I got 700 likes right now. We got 2,000 plus in the venue. I need 1,000 minimum right here on OTS. So make sure you guys go and hit that like button. Also... Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Super chats are open. Get them on in. Memberships are open. 
Come join the VIP club right here on Off The Scripts. Go check out all the other content that you might have missed on the channel, including today's extra. And make sure you guys keep in mind that I'll be in Chicago. The Ogden VIP meetup for Forbidden Door. If you guys are going to be in Chicago, come on out to the Ogden. Have an old-fashioned with me. Should be a good time. And I will be at the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. And I will be at the post-show scrum live streaming for you guys after the show is over. Awesome. Thank you guys very much for all your support, man. I really, really appreciate you guys. I'm going to step away for a second. I'm going to step away for a second. And we're going to flip it over to Mean Marky D, man. We got some We got some great shit coming up. We got some great shit coming up. And this is a word from our sponsor, Magic Spoon. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Mean Marky T. Hopefully you guys are enjoying the post-show, man. I know that JD's a funny motherfucker, man. I tell you, he gets everybody riled up. Nobody likes the truth anymore, man. Nobody likes the truth anymore. It's sad. It really is. Tonight's show is sponsored by Magic Spoon, man. You guys like cereal? You guys like cereal? I don't even eat breakfast, man, but I'll tell you what, when I sit down in the morning, cup of coffee and my Magic Spoon, man. Magic Spoon is cereal reinvented. You can build your own box, a variety box. You can choose from the best-selling cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, man, cookies and cream. It's my favorite. Maple waffle, blueberry muffin, cinnamon roll, and they got this new honey nut flavor. Get your mind out of the gutter, man. Honey nut flavor. And it will be added to the Magic Spoon collection permanently. Zero grams of sugar, 14 grams of protein, only four net grams of carbs in each serving, and only 140 calories. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. Now, I know... When I was a youngster, a young Marky D, my mom used to feed me this, this sugary cereal in the morning, man. It tasted great, but it was very bad for you. It was terrible. I don't know why anybody would be feeding that to their kids. I don't understand it. So healthy became a part of my daily routine, and healthy starts with Magic Spoon. You guys can get $5 off. $5 off using code scripts. You guys can choose from cocoa and the peanut butter and the cookies and cream, man. There's a lot of great flavors. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed by a 100% guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they're going to refund you your money, man. No questions asked. How great is that? So magicspoon.com slash script, $5 off. And make sure to add the new honey, uh, <laughs> honey nut to your custom box. And for my Canadian and British people, Magic Spoon is now shipping to Canada as well, man, and the UK. So get on that. I'll see you guys later, man. This is OTS News, and this is me, Marky D. Back to JD.
We got some more show, man. We got AEW Rampage coming up, right? Dana! Dana, what the fuck, man? Jesus Christ! Tell you, man, that mean Marky D, man. He's a character. It's a character, man. AEW Rampage, man. AEW Rampage. We got one hell of an opening match, man. Andrade. Andrade and Ray Phoenix. I was on the, or I had the pleasure to be on the AEW media call today, and Tony Khan was talking about this match for a little bit, talking about Rampage and hyping up Rampage tonight. Rampage was a very good show. He did hype up this match, and I got I, I kind of got tipped off about this match from my buddy Rusty, who was there. It was in Milwaukee. He's from the Milwaukee area. He went to Dynamite on Wednesday, saw the Rampage taping, and, and one of the things he, he texted me, because he knows I'm a big Andrade guy, is Andrade and Ray Phoenix had an absolute killer match, and he was not wrong. Tony Khan was not wrong about boasting this match up. This match went nearly 20 minutes. It was fucking great, and I think these two guys killed it. I really do think these two guys killed it. So they opened the show. We got Jose out there with Andrade and Alex Abrahantes out there with Ray Phoenix. <sighs> Anything I say is not going to do this match justice. This was all over the place. All over the place. So we'll take it up from the middle. Both guys are in the middle of the ring. They're, they're exchanging strikes and... Phoenix tried to walk the top rope. Andrade tripped up. Phoenix, that looked bad. He came down really, really bad on that rope. I thought he actually, he went for his knee. He started holding his knee. I thought he had twisted his knee. So thank God it was all right. Andrade went up for a double knee on Phoenix against the ring post, but Phoenix got out of the way. Do you guys remember when Andrade used to do the running Meteora on the apron against the WWE aluminum steel posts? AEW doesn't have aluminum steel post, man. It's steel ring post. And Andrade went knee first, missing a Meteora on Ray Phoenix, and he went knee first into the steel, man. It looked absolutely fucking brutal. It looked ridiculous. I don't know why that spot was done. With all the injuries mounting up in AEW, I don't know why that is really happening and why shit like that's being done. Ridiculous. So he missed the knees and went into the post. Phoenix came off the top rope with a double stomp to Andrade's back on the floor. And Phoenix then goes up top. He's got Andrade in a predicament here. Absolutely tremendous Spanish fly off the top rope for a near fall. Jose got Andrade's leg on the bottom rope. And that saved Andrade off the Spanish fly. So Aubrey Edwards goes to check on Ray Phoenix's injured knee because he's still selling the knee. Jose slid the iPad or the tablet into Andrade, and Aubrey Edwards caught Andrade with the tablet, and she took it, she threw it to the floor. He went for a low blow, Andrade. He went for a low blow, and Phoenix caught him with a kick, sent Andrade to the outside. Phoenix followed up with a tope con hero on the outside. Jose and Alex Abrahantes get in the ring. They start brawling, and they get into a fight. Andrade and Phoenix are on the floor. All of a sudden, Roosh... Roosh comes out of nowhere, and he kicks Phoenix from behind, below the belt. Low blow by Roosh to right Phoenix. Back in the ring, hammerlock DDT. Andrade wins this tremendous match to open Rampage tonight. After the match, Roosh and Andrade take off their jackets and reveal their new T-shirts. They are officially a part 
of the A, or Rouches, anyway, a part of the AEW roster, and they are a faction on AEW television. This, this to me, is going to take Andrade to the next level. This is what's going to get Andrade over that hump. I really think so. Being paired with somebody like Roosh and the quality of performer that he is, the fact that they're very good friends outside Roosh, I believe, was at Andrade's wedding with Charlotte. This is going to be tremendous. Everybody's been asking, when is Andrade going to be treated better? When is he going to get better creative? When is he going to start really getting the opportunities that he should be getting with how great he is? This is it. This is it. And I think Andrade is going to be taking that next, that next level to that next level. And I honestly hope that it really results in them winning, you know, some tag team gold, whether they add somebody else to the group, trios gold, whether he wins the All-Atlantic Championship at some point. Regardless, this is the makings of a mega group in AEW. And Andrade should be at the centerpiece of what this company is doing. He is so fucking good. So good. And I'm very happy that he's finally, finally on the path in the right direction. Eddie Kingston cut a promo. When is Eddie Kingston's promo not entertaining? Cut a promo on Chris Jericho, focused on blood and guts. He pretty much said he wants to see if Chris Jericho's blood tastes like Kool-Aid, and he can't wait to drink Chris Jericho's blood at Blood and Guts. Should be awesome, man. I can't wait for Wednesday's Dynamite. I think it's going to be tremendous. Swerve and Keith Lee, they cut a promo backstage. Strickland announced that he has a pay-per-view match at Forbidden Door with Keith Lee. And I don't know if that's for the pre-show or if that's on the actual pay-per-view. I do believe it's for the pre-show. I could be mistaken on that. Strickland's ready for another win. Lee is concerned that they are not right now on the same page. Mercedes Martinez and Serena Deeb, they tagged tonight against Sierra and Lainey Luck. Deeb and Martinez win this match in about three minutes. There's another three-minute women's match. What's with the three-minute women's matches tonight? Deeb and Martinez are doing this partner's gimmick, but they don't really get along, and it's probably going to result in Serena Deep challenging Mercedes Martinez for the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. Martinez chokeslam Sierra onto Luck as Deeb had Luck tied up in a leg lock, and Martinez and Deeb looked at each other, looked at their opponents, got submission holds, and we got a double tap out. This was pretty much... As uneventful as it sounds, nothing really, you know, exciting here. But we're getting Deeb and Mercedes Martinez in this thing where they're tagging and they're going to probably end up fighting over the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. So, I mean, I wish Deeb was in something a little bit more important. But if Deeb isn't really going to factor into anything with Jade Cargill or Thunder Rosa, I think this is the next best best option for Serena Deeb winning that Ring of Honor Women's Championship would be uh, a, a very good thing. I think it would look right on her. Tully Blanchard. We finally saw Tully Blanchard on the show. Tully Blanchard Enterprises is back on AEW after last showing up at Supercard of Honor. We got Brian Cage and Gates of Agony. This is Khan and Toa Leona. They look tremendous together, man. This is a this is a fucking this is a beefy fucking group of guys, man. They look great together, and Tully, being the mouthpiece he is, is a great centerpiece for this group. So they talk about how great they are, and Tully put over how great they are, how ferocious Leona and Khan are, and how great of an athlete Brian Cage is. We've, uh, we've been asking for these guys on TV for a little bit now, so it looks like we're getting them at least started back up on AEW television. 
which was something I really liked about this Rampage show, man. We saw a lot of people that we really didn't expect to see on this show that we haven't seen in a long time. So I, I want to see where these guys go. They got the makeup of a really, really good group. And Trios Championships, man, could we see the beginning stages of the Trios Championships finally introduced to television? There's a reason why these guys were brought back to television. All this waiting around, Brian Cage and Tony Leoa, right, and, and Khan, we haven't seen them since Supercard of Honor. Now, all of a sudden, we see them on this Rampage episode before, before Forbidden Door. And it looks like the Trio Championships are about due. So that's what I think this is leading to. And I'm glad that we are getting these guys on television. So we go from Tully Blanchard Enterprises to Ring of Honor World Champion Jonathan Gresham, who was out for a very long time since Supercard with a concussion. So it's nice to see him back on television. He was there with Lee Moriarty. They were getting interviewed and apparently they were going to have a match. Lee Moriarty was winning matches on Dark and Elevation. He wants a shot at the Ring of Honor World title and Jonathan Gresham. Tully Blanchard interrupted and said, listen, listen, I'm looking for a match for my guys, and they want your championship. So this leads to Gresham and Moriarty becoming a tag team, and Gresham said, listen, me and Lee, we challenge two of your guys in a tag team match. So they shook hands on it, and it looks like we're getting Lee Moriarty and Jonathan Gresham versus Tully Blanchard's crew. Who's, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Brian Cage and Khan? Is it going to be Khan and Tony Leoa? I don't know. So we're going to tag team match brewing there between the Ring of Honor world champion, Lee Moriarty, and Tully Blanchard Enterprises. Hook defeated the DKC. DKC is from New Japan, and he's from the LA Dojo. Hook... Won this match pretty quickly in about two minutes. Hook got a knee bar early, and DKC escaped. Got to the ropes to break the hold. Hook beat down DKC with some body blows, and DKC tried to mount the comeback with some chops. This was no use. Hook took DKC down with a high suplex, locked on the red rum for the instant tap out. Very quick work for Hook. Wins and then leaves, and that's it. He wakes up, he walks to the ring, he makes someone tap, he leaves the ring, he goes home. Normal work day for Hook. We got the buy-in. Apparently the buy-in is indeed Keith Lee and Swerve versus El Desperado and Yoshinbu Kanemoru. That's Forbidden Door. Buy-in also includes QT Marshall and Aaron Solo versus Hiroki Goto and Yoshi Hashi. Also announced Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston Six-man tag team match has a new stipulation. The winner of the match will get the man advantage at Blood and Guts. I like that. I like that a lot. It adds stakes to that match, and it should be awesome. He ran down the entire card for the Forbidden Door. I'm not going to do that here because it's 10 matches long, and I don't really want to talk about this anymore. Jeff Cobb versus Cash Wheeler. We got the main event. This was really, really good. And Jeff Cobb. If you guys don't know Jeff Cobb and how good Jeff Cobb is, man, my God, man. He is so fucking athletic. He is so intense. I love what Jeff Cobb brings to the table. So we got Caprice Coleman on commentary here. And Cobb dominated most of this match. Cobb had a standing moonsault, a long delayed vertical suplex. And most of this match happened during a split screen commercial break. Most of this match happened during the the split screen commercial break. And like I said, man, Cash is not really known to be a singles wrestler. He's not. So I love Dax. I think Dax is great. 
Cash is just as good, but there was no way that Jeff Cobb was going into this match. Going to take a losing pinfall against Jeff Cobb. So Jeff Cobb beats Cash Wheeler here about 10 minutes. Most of it happened in the fucking commercial break. And how we ended this match, Wheeler followed Cobb out with a slingshot plancha. Cobb tried to suplex Wheeler back into the ring from the middle rope. His knees were a little too weak. Wheeler came out of the corner with a sunset flip into a Liger bomb for a near fall. Cobb missed a second standing moonsault. Wheeler went for a spinning DDT. Cobb threw him off. Cobb went for the tour of the islands, which I love. But Wheeler countered with the cradle. Cobb went for the doctor bomb. But Wheeler countered with a Rana into a cradle for another near fall. Cobb hit a release German suplex, then finished Wheeler off with the tour of the islands. And that was pretty much it. Jeff Cobb wins one, two, three. After the match, Great O'Conn came out. He wanted to celebrate with Cobb. Dax Harwood ran out. This all fucking led to a wild brawl outside. Will Ospreay came out there with the rest of the United Empire. Arch Cassidy and Rapongi Vice came out there. Eddie Kingston came out of nowhere, attacked Chris Jericho, who was sitting on commentary. He grabbed the pen from the desk and tried to gouge Jericho in the fucking face with it. Everybody brawled all over the arena. And that was pretty much the end of AEW Rampage. That was it. Very good show. Very hokey. I don't like the way these shows go off the air with these big multi-man brawls. We've seen on Dynamite. It was lazy. It was lame. Very WWE-esque as far as how to close a show and a go-home show. But Andrade and Phoenix had a fantastic match. Jeff Cobb and Cash Wheeler, really good stuff there. Entertaining Rampage, to say the least, man, in a a decent go-home show before the Forbidden Door on Sunday night. And it should be a damn good show on Sunday, man. I can't wait to get there, and I can't wait to see you guys. I can't wait to see you guys in Chicago. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, man. We got 793 likes. I need 1,000. 1,000 likes is the minimum here, man. We're about to go over the Super Chats. Get them on in. We're going to hang out with our cold beverages. Memberships are open. Get them on in. Hit that join button down below and become an OTS member. VIP right here on OTS. And go check out today's extra, man. Bruce Pritchard. Apparently the locker room is scared of Bruce Pritchard taking over his head of talent relations. I give you the reasons why they are scared. And yes, there are legit reasons. Stephanie McMahon holds a company meeting in the absence of Vince McMahon being CEO. Triple H gaining more power. What does that mean? Dave Meltzer went over exactly what that meant today. On The Observer, we talk about that. And anything else you might have missed on the channel, man. Go and check all that stuff out. Right now on the homepage. And follow me on Twitter, man. At JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, now TikTok. Follow me on Cameo as well. If you guys need any Cameo work done, go and hit me up, man. Happy to be a part of the Cameo team. Let's get into the Super Chats, man. We're going to go into the Super Chats, and we're going to start at the top here. Let's start with my my man, Joseph Taylor, with a $2 Super Chat. Claudio versus Adam Cole would be five stars. It would be five stars, man. They're both tremendous wrestlers, but Adam Cole is injured right now. I don't even know if he's going to wrestle at the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. Michelle Moran. With a $2 Super Chat. Roman off TV. Disgraceful. Not a good look. 
Roman will be back on TV to sell his match with Brock Lesnar, but how much selling are they going to do for that match? I don't know. So we'll see. Ali with two four ninety nine super chats. Hey JD, I just want to say, did you ever see the trailer for the new Resident Evil Four remake? Yes, I did, Ali. I can't wait for it, Ali. I get asked this question every super chat, Ali. Thank you. It's going to be so badass when it comes out next year. Yes, Ali. I know. He also says in JD. Have you seen the Elvis movie? It came out yesterday. It was a really good movie, and it's worth watching. No. No, I did not see the Elvis movie. Susan D'Ambrosio with a $5 Super Chat. Just wanted to show some love to the dawn of the IWC. Also, happy birthday to me. I will have a shot of whiskey, please. Susan, what type of whiskey do you want? I got rye whiskey. I got bourbon whiskey. What do you want? Happy birthday to Susan. I need birthday cake emojis and a shot of whiskey emoji in the chat for Susan D'Ambrosio. Thank you, Susan. Joseph Taylor with a $5 Super Chat. JD, I've never seen Zack Sabre Jr. wrestle before. What should I expect this Sunday? Joseph, Zack Sabre Jr. is a technical wizard in the ring. You're going to see a lot of submissions, a lot of joint manipulation, a lot of methodical working of the fucking mat. That's exactly what you're going to see, man. But he can also brawl. Zack Sabre Jr. can take it up a notch, man, and he can brawl at all as well. I just got a new order for... I just got somebody ordering a cameo, man. Austin. Austin just literally ordered a cameo. It's crazy. You guys are fucking awesome, man. I'll get on that tomorrow. That's what you should expect, Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, Tony Brown, old meat tonight, JD, old meat. I don't know, man. There wasn't any good meat on, on AEW, man. For the first time in a while, no, no Thunder Rose and no Tony Storm, right? On SmackDown, we got we got Shotzi. Shotzi's, Shotzi's got some booty meat. I think Shotzi's beautiful. But it is what it is, man. That's pretty much it. It was a lame night for booty meat for my boy Tony Brown. Thank you, Tony. Nate with a 499 Super Chat. Just watched Battleground 2017 review. I never laughed that hard ever. LOL. Yeah, man, that was uh that was JD in the raw unhinged era. I think I'm a little bit more calm and I'm a little bit more professional nowadays, man. Amped up the production, right? We got the venue, we got the beer garden coming soon. I got a beautiful fucking soundboard. That was a damn good review, though. Battleground 2017, man. Oh, my goodness. I'll never forget that shit, man. Punjabi prison match with fucking Great Kali. God, that shit sucked. Danny Baker with a $20 super chat. What's up, JD? Can't wait to watch Forbidden Door Sunday while drinking a nice glass of Buffalo Trace. Have a good night, bro. That's what I love to hear, man. Thank you, Danny. Joseph Taylor with a $2 Super Chat. Triple threat tag team match. We'll steal the show. You may be right on that, Joseph. You may be right on that, man. That will be a great match. No doubt about it. Brian Edwards with a 10-month Super Chat. Thank you, Brian Edwards, man. 
10-month re-up to the VIP club. My co-worker just said he paid $300 for a ticket to SmackDown on July 29th, and I told him he was a fool. I would pay that much to see Forbidden Door live. Brian, you could tell him that I also said he's a fucking idiot. You were better off giving me $300 so I could take Issa out for more drinks as I owe her money for the last time I went out. What a dumbass. What a dumbass. Why would you do that? Why would you spend money on SmackDown, man? $300 for SmackDown. Justin, with a $4.99 Super Chat. Hey, JD, two things. One, I hope you have fun in Chicago. Two, can you wish me a happy birthday as I'll be 32 on Sunday? Thanks, bro. Keep it up. Justin, happy birthday, brother. Happy 32nd. I need birthday cake emojis. And you know what? A shot of whiskey for Justin in the chat as well. Happy birthday, brother. Shell John with a three-month membership. Thank you, Shell John. What's up, JD? Ryolf Wildfire with a 1999 super chat. Vince, R word, the first female ref in WWE, Rita Marie, in his in his limo in 1986. She did not come forward early because of her parents' illness. She was getting paid half a million. So her, so for her to say this, come on, he did it. Fuck Vince. I did not know that. But are you surprised, Ryoff Wildfire? I am not. I am not surprised that Vince McMahon had an affair with another woman and went behind his wife's back either. Vegeta, 313. Four-month member. Thank you, brother. Listening to the review at work is helping me get through the night. And SmackDown sucks. You better believe it, Vegeta. I'm glad I could help you pass the time a little bit better at work, man. Thank you for the four months. I appreciate you. What do you drink? Johnny Angel with a 499 Super Chat. Who was your teenage celebrity crush? And what are you drinking tonight, man? Well, being that I had three old fashions made by yours truly last night, and I fell asleep rather soundly... I did not drink anything tonight but my liquid death. And my teenage celebrity crush was Jennifer Love Hewitt. I thought she was absolutely a knockout 10 out of 10, man. Her and Topanga. Her and Topanga, man, from Boy Meets World. Number one and two. Captain Solo with a $5 super chat. Where do you think Tyler Breeze will turn up next? He was totally wasted in WWE. I think he stays playing video games on Up, Up, Down, Down. Christy Wilson with a 499 Super Chat. Sammy is going to get his butt kicked by the bloodline. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Michael Evans with a five-dollar super chat. JD loves seeing mean Marky D. JD loves seeing mean Marky D and all the new sound effects. You killed it tonight for me, man. Cheers. See you on Sunday. 
Glad I could help bring a smile to your face, brother. Thank you so much, and I'll see you on Sunday. Frag Dude with a $5 super chat. Definitely keep the voices. They are great. Thank you, man. Yes, Kelly Kapowski, too, man. Kelly Kapowski, man. She was another fucking knockout. 10 out of 10, man. Boy Meets World is one of the greatest shows of all time. Don't even at me, man. Boy Meets World was fucking great. I love that show. Mr. Feeney was the man, man. Mr. Feeney was everybody's favorite teacher, man. You wish you had a fucking teacher like Mr. Feeney. Seriously. Gary Gordon would have fought out. See what Jeff Finn Balor on main event. Created by nothing for Judgment Day minus Rhea. Instead, I'm getting Carmella on my TV. Did you expect anything else, Gary? As soon as Edge got kicked out of the group, man, you knew they were fucking dead to rights. Lena Scorpio, 20. Love those effects, Jay. The awesome show Friday. Thank you, Lena. Ahmed Youssef with a 499 Super Chat. I'm loving the voice effects. You got to find the Omas effect for us. I don't know how I... I don't know how I'm going to go about creating an Omas sound effect, man. I got... Uh, I got Marky D. I got... Becky Lynch. The Little Hobbitses. Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair. We'll figure it out, man. Michael Evans. With another $2 Super Chat. Forbidden Door Review. Late Sunday night or Monday. Michael, Monday morning. Or Monday afternoon. Whenever I wake up and have a cup of coffee, man. Akachira with an 11-month Super Chat. Thank you for the entertainment tonight and all week. I have a bad feeling Omas will win the briefcase and he will cash in that night. Bro, please. Bro, please. Please. Oh, my fucking goodness, man. Don't put that out there in the universe. King Mo Jackson with a 499 Super Chat. King Mo, I'm sorry I missed your Super Chats, man. YouTube's fucking up this week. YouTube is fucking up this week, man. Love the OTS extras this week, bro. A lot of info to digest concerning WWE. It's definitely eventful on this show. Hope Sasha moves on from the E. King Mo, thank you for the five dollars, brother. I needed to do a lot of extras this week because I'll be in Chicago and there will be no full-fledged OTS 436 this weekend. I'll be too busy with Forbidden Door, man. So I had to give you guys a bunch of extras as the news was coming on in. So hopefully you guys appreciate that. Golden Boy with a $5 Super Chat. Hey, JD, congrats on your new equipment, brother. You sound amazing. Also, just wanted to say, enjoy your trip to Chicago and safe travels, man. Thank you, Golden Boy. I appreciate you, man. Cheers. Gary, the new man. I missed your Super Chat, bro. Let me see. There you go. I got you, brother. Seven months. Thank you, Gary, the new man. Seven months. OTS VIP. 
Okada is known for some of the most insane entrances in wrestling. Sunday is going to be crazy. I can't wait, man. I think that's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see Okada live. I really can't. I think that match is going to kill it, man. Adam Cole, Jay White. Jay White's getting a lot of disrespect. Who is he? I don't know this midget. Jay White is fucking tremendous. I I, I never liked Jay White, man. The last couple of years, man, I've opened up to Jay White. He is fucking incredible. So I'm very excited about Okada, man. Um, King Mo, thank you for the 499. Golden Boy, thank you. Shakoi with a $2 super chat. I'm going to see Forbidden Door in theaters. Wish me luck. Yeah, good luck with that, bro. Don't tell me Salamonster is coming through the Forbidden Door right now. Why would Salamonster walk through the Forbidden Door? Salamonster is a little under the weather, man. We wish him uh, to get better. Captain Solo with $2 Super Chat. Who is your favorite Ninja Turtle? Michelangelo. Hollywood guy with a $5 Super Chat. Hey, JD, have you ever heard of Speedball Mike Bailey or seen him wrestle? He is a fantastic fly. I've heard of him, never seen him wrestle, bro. I know we just won the X Division title on Impact. Heard a lot of good things about him. I heard Triple H wanted him for NXT, and then that went right out the window. Scorpio, 1117, what a $5 Hey, JD, can I get a fuck Vince McMahon? Fuck Vince McMahon. Also, still thinking about Jade Cargill taking Willow Nightingale to Squat City last week. You're the best. Solomon is indeed the man, bro. He is my commentary partner for Hog. Hog tomorrow, man. Fight TV. Eddie Kingston had to pull out of the show, man. It was supposed to be Eddie Kingston versus Jonah, but my goodness, man. Oh, my goodness. Do we got a replacement for Eddie Kingston? Holy shit. Scorpio, thank you so much for the five. Fuck Vince McMahon. Golden Boy. The five-hour super chat. JD is the IWC wizard. You know why. Because he'll throw a fireball in your face. Amazing show as always. Love and respect. Thank you, Golden Boy. Shakoi with a $2 super chat. Also, love the voices. Also, screw Glenn Jacobs. Yes, Glenn Jacobs is a fucking clown, bro. Glenn Jacobs is a fucking clown. Dickens Dumont with a $5 super chat. Fuck SmackDown giving you five tonight because you are my bro. Forbidden Door is going to be body this nonsense on Sunday. One love, brother. Thank you, Dickens Dumont. I appreciate you, man. Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. Jennifer Lopez is still good looking, too. Of course she is. For her age, Jennifer Lopez looks incredible. I'm not even going to pronounce this guy's name with a 499 super chat. Telly Wozay Zay. Telly Woyen. With a 499 super chat. Leaves no message. Don't be shy around here, bro. And best in the world with a three-month super chat. Three-month member in the OTS VIP club. 
Love your stuff, JD. It really helped me while going through a lot of mental health problems. Thank God I'm getting better. God bless you, brother. Best in the world. I appreciate you, man. Those are the comments I like to see, man. If I can make you guys laugh and smile, those are the most important to me, man. Guys, again, listen. I don't know how many of you are coming out to Chicago for Forbidden Door, man. I posted it on Instagram. I posted it on Twitter. I posted it on YouTube. I talked about it all week. I'll be at the Ogden. I hope for a decent turnout, man. I know it was last minute. I waited for them to get back to me. They took fucking forever to get back to me. The Ogden, I hope to see you guys out there, man. Seriously. Forbidden Door should be great. I'll be at the post-show scrum with Tony Khan on the roster. Asking questions, filming a few guys, live streaming it. Should be awesome. You don't need to look anywhere else, man. Fuck Fightful. Everybody else is going to be there. I got you. Cut Wrestling Inc. SE Scoops. Whatever the case may be, man. I will be live streaming it. Don't worry about it. Keep it right here on OTS. Twitter, at JD from NY206. Same on Instagram. Go check me out on Cameo. If you guys need anything done on Cameo, I got you. New partner over there. TikTok. Go find me on TikTok, man. Within a week and a half, we already have a thousand followers. Almost. It's great. You guys are loving the clips over there. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed. Go check out Magic Spoon. Magicspoon.com slash script, man. Use that code script for $5 off. Awesome. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button, man. I don't know how close we are to 134, but this weekend... We'll surpass 134,000 subscribers. Guys, this is the last stream until Chicago. I'll see you guys in Chicago, the Windy City for Forbidden Door. Ogden, 3.30 on Sunday. Old Fashions, wrestling, Forbidden Door should be great. Give me those guitar emojis in the chat, and I want that music on max. Thank you for a great stream, guys. I enjoyed this one, and I'll see you guys in Chicago on Sunday for Forbidden Door. I'll see you guys later. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them 
to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.